0: Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is the irrepressible Magella O'Connell, phenomenal food photographer and world-class foodie. Coming up on today's show... Magella reveals an early career strategy for prolonging energy levels.
1: Fond memories of having a nap in in the toilet summer lunch break.
0: Phil makes up his own noise... The only thing that you can do is just go... And finally, after 28 episodes, the podcast descends into madness. (laughs) (laughs) All that and so much more as Magella talks us through her story and journey to date, as well as talking about her craft with such energy and passion. In addition, don't forget to get yourselves behind Hospitality Aid 2020, a Live Aid-style virtual concert packed with performing talent from the hospitality industry raising valuable funds for hospitality action. Get that calendar marked August 31st 4pm British summertime. Head over to experience101.co.uk for more information. Don't forget to give us a like and a share so we can share those stories. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next edition of Hospitality Meets with me your host Phil Street. Today's guest, well it's just another shining example of the diversity of opportunity that's available in the industry. I'm not going to give a massive long intro like I normally do because I'm going to let her do that but I'm delighted to welcome to the show Magella O'Connell.
1: Oh hello hi very excited to be here no pressure no pressure yeah no thanks for having me on I'm really excited tiny bit nervous but I think um you know as we go along all those nerves will just disappear they'll disappear I'm sure yes well hopefully
0: the the nattering will take away any nerves that are lingering around
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it will.
0: Great stuff. Well, uh, kick us off by telling us what it is that you do at this time.
1: Uh, So I I have a company called Pavlova and Cream and I am a food photographer. I'm lucky enough to be a food photographer. I've been a food photographer for eight years. Yeah, I also have two little other brands called London Kitchen Social and Manchester Kitchen Social. They are also food photography based. Uh, One of them is in London, titled... Titled well, and one that's, of them is in uh, Manchester. Surprising, <laughs> I know. You didn't expect that, did you, Phil? No. Didn't expect that. The <laughs> um, other one's in,
0: in in Manchester.
1: The other one is in Manchester. Yes, I've gone national. I've gone national.
0: Great stuff. Yeah. So, just talk us through briefly what is the differentials between each of those things.
1: Well, the, the pavlova and cream. So that's that's the food photography. So that's where I ha- well, that's where I, I, I work for restaurants and chefs products. And so that would be kind of not necessarily my main business, but that would be my main brand. That would be me. That'd be the thing that I built probably for the last 10 years or so. And that's still ongoing, especially in, in this time where you know there's not a lot of work for hospitality around. It's still going. And 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 things like this will will, you know, let people know that I'm still around and I'm I'm still yeah. I'm still at it, which is great. Uh, and then I have these little brands, London Kitchen Social and Manchester Kitchen Social. And those are food photography and networking events for chefs and bakers and producers to come along to. Okay. And they are a great way of getting people together for them to get photos of their dishes for them to use on social media. So because obviously we all know how important social media is nowadays for for any platform, for any business. It's yeah. uh, And it's, it's going to continue to grow. It's going to get more popular, even Instagram, even things like Instagram, although it's maybe continuing to be more confusing and they might change their mind on hashtags and things like that in the near future. We will still need content. People still need content. Chefs need content. So I provide that content for them by the dishes that they bring to London Kitchen Social and Manchester Kitchen Social. And while they're there, they get to meet other chefs and bakers see what they're plating taste the dishes work with producers and it's generally an all-round very very fun day uh, and then we all have a couple of beers afterwards a uh, little fantastic kind of, oh they're well, great fun
0: do you uh well i mean this is a very leading question but do, do you mind if i corner you for a second and say i'd love to come along to one of them
1: oh my god i would love that you i would absolutely love that as soon as they're back up and running that would be brilliant uh, you just—you could be chief taster for the day. I'll get you. Oh, I'll, I'll get you a God. fork and a spoon with your name on.
0: Oh, I'm not going to be able to think straight for the rest of the day. Now.
1: <laughs> no, they're great fun. They they are really nice. There's a real camaraderie within the chefs. There's no egos allowed. It's just the chefs get the opportunity to be creative to cook dishes that they wouldn't necessarily cook. In their regular jobs yeah and it's it's a, just a nice opportunity to get out and do something different and it, you know the chefs work very hard day to day and sometimes they have to conform to certain menus within the establishment that they're working in so these events give them the opportunity to go a bit rogue get a bit crazy you know yep. a, a lot of the chefs pop to borough market in the morning and turn up with incredible fresh produce and and that's it and it's just a, it's a good old laugh and there's a lot of love in the room I always I was saying this yesterday I think I must have said it about six or seven times there is so much love in the room at these events yeah uh, it would be an absolute honour to have you there yeah you would ah, be our we're, chief, we're chief, chief guest taster
0: oh goodness gracious <laughs> me. I, I don't, you've just absolutely made my year <laughs> you'll notice that on Twitter and the like you know the dribbling emoji
1: yes it's that's like favorite. my
0: favourite emoji <laughs> yeah It's the only one that sums it up. The funny thing is is that I turned 40 a couple of years ago and and I had a a party, film-based party, but I did it around Oscars and and that sort of thing. And I had an an awards ceremony for my friends, as it were, and had a load of different types of awards. And one of them was the, the Foodie Award, basically, who had given me the best food experience that wasn't a restaurant experience over the years and I gave it actually to my wife's uncle because he does this um, cedar smoked salmon on the barbecue. Ooh. It's just the only thing that you can do is just go. Mm, it's to wash
1: that down with as well. A nice glass uh, well, of yeah. Well, Ooh. or a beer,
0: even it still works because it's barbecue, isn't it? Barbecue and beer,
1: that works.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's that that's digression good. number one.
1: No, were you in fancy dress though? I'm intrigued now.
0: No, got no, no, no. Well, no, we no. did we did Oscars as it, tuxedos and gowns and Ooh, that sort of black thing. Tie,
1: love a black tie.
0: That's what it's called. I knew other
1: name. Black- yeah. <laughs> the little man in your head was looking for the word then, wasn't it? It's like what's it the phrase? <laughs> I love a black tie. Black Indeed, great. But, but
0: yeah, it was. Um, that was a great night. And uh, but that his his home food experience is definitely the the one for me but i think i've been a foodie for a very very long time now i get the sense that you might be one too
1: mm, i am however i would never win your foodie experience award because i'm not very good in the kitchen
0: okay which That's is right.
1: quite surprising because obviously i work with a lot of chefs i work quite closely with a lot of chefs but i just i, can't, I just can't do it it's one one pot cooking for me i made a, i made a curry from scratch recently I made, i've done it done that twice now and that was amazing. But I just, I don't, I, I'm not a very good multitasker. I'll be honest; uh, it's quite embarrassing to say this. I can't even walk and drink water at the same time. It's my family find it very, very funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have to stop, drink, and then carry on walking. I'm just not a, I'm not a natural multitasker. It's not. Um, it's okay. I'm happy to admit that it's okay. But Bill. with the
0: uh, okay. the water drinking it can it can <laughs> sort of it can go down the wrong way so i kind of i understand you
1: know, i'm not that crazy then <laughs> that's it i thought down. about that but <laughs> we're still early we're still early into the podcast yet bill
0: <laughs> indeed we haven't even uh, got started yet <laughs> Great. Okay. Well, let's let's stay on point for yes. a second. So I a, yes, I am. Um. Yes, I So,
1: to answer your question, I am a massive foodie. I wasn't. I wasn't when I was a kid growing up. I mean, I'm born born and raised in Manchester. And I didn't really know anything. You know, my mum was a single parent with four kids, so you, you, you kind of you don't have a very adventurous food education when you when you're younger in that situation, unfortunately. But that's that's just yep. the way it is. That's okay. You know, I still have fond memories of uh, Finder's chicken Kiev's, but. You know, yeah. that's what that's well, what happens. Um, time and place
0: for everything, <laughs>
1: exactly. And it wasn't until I was about eighteen, with my first restaurant job, when I started to see, you know, a different level of food, uh, and that was kind of when I started in the hospitality industry. So I've been around in the industry for a fair few years now. Yeah, um, and, and definitely well,
0: that leads us nicely on to let's let's get cracking with the story. When um, okay. so that was your kind of entry point. Yes, and just well, talk us through what happened after ah, that.
1: Ah, so so I. <laughs> it's interesting. So
0: glad to hear uh, 18, it.
1: At eighteen, <laughs> I as yes, I got my first job in a restaurant called J W Johnson's. It was brilliant. Oh, it was brilliant. It was fantastic. Fond memories of having a nap in the in the toilets on my lunch break and uh, chocolate fudge cake and ice cream for my lunch. You know, that was those were the days, um, and they had because they had a bar downstairs, and I'd got this job at the same time as I was doing my A levels at quite a prestigious secondary school in Manchester, and this was so this was the venue where the footballers would go, and I. Sorry to say this again, Phil, uh, but I am a red. I am a Manchester United fan. Please don't uh, cut not, me I'll off. I'm a full
0: red. Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: sorry. So it was it was
0: lovely to have you on the show. And, that was
1: uh... nice. Thanks, Madge. Yeah, this is not going anywhere. <laughs> um, so, but so I was I was born and raised red. I'm still the only oh, the only red in my family of siblings. They're all turncoats now, as my mother would call them. Uh, so I kind of have to stay supporting Man United. So so there I was, 18 years old, in this. Great fun restaurant. I mean, so much fun with the bar downstairs for after hours. And you would be serving people like Ryan Giggs, Roy Keane. Oh, God, a couple of the other ones. Oh, all the, so all, all of that era. Yeah. And that was amazing. I remember the first time I served Ryan Giggs. I was 18. Then, and I, I was so nervous because, obviously, I did have posters of him on my bedroom wall. Right. And so that was that was pretty... No wracking, but that was, that was kind of some really amazing memories. I remember spending my first month's salary on a jacket from Karen Millen. And it was awful. It was awful. It was, it was, um, oh God, I can still see it in my head. It was black and white panels. So one arm was black, the other arm was white. And then there would be like opposite panels on it. Oh, it was awful, Phil. It was awful. I'm but, trying to get
0: my head around that no, don't, image, don't, to be honest. No, don't, don't. It's
1: okay. Um, <laughs> but I remember spending my first month's salary on that jacket and thinking it was the best thing since I spread. So obviously, working during the week. Still trying to study my levels and then wearing this awesome jacket, sometimes with just a pair of shorts and a pair of high heels, as one does when they are younger, you know. Needless to say, Phil, I didn't finish my A level. Okay. <laughs> but that's okay. We're okay with that. We're okay with that. Uh, I got Absolutely. into, I, I continued in the hospitality industry for, for then a couple of years until I got the travel bug and went off traveling, which I loved as well. Yeah, so, I've, uh,
0: I've actually. Um... Going back to your point on when you kind of that was actually a little little bit similar to you in the fact that I I came to food quite late, in the sense it was when I say late early twenties, really before I came a foodie. Until that point, I was just a steak and chips kind of a guy.
1: Still a steak steak and chips.
0: Yeah, I mean I I still am. There's still a time and a place for that, but I travelled. Uh, through cruise ships that was my first job yes after i
1: heard this on a podcast Who should yeah. yeah if you want any and job in wasn't... hospitality make sure you're a night manager correct <laughs> yes
0: absolutely that's good that you uh, you've been listening to them I was going to test you on that later on but, um, <laughs> I'm ready when...
1: I'm ready to be tested yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was sat in a this is, sounds really really kind of show-offy but I was sat in a restaurant in Bridgetown in Barbados and Lovely. It was just another one of those times where I was just about to order steak and chips, and then something went off in my head that said, "What are you doing? You're traveling the world, and you're not being adventurous." And I ordered something that was really bizarre. It was I still remember this? Because this, was, is, the, was this say, is the turning probably
1: point. Do yeah.
0: It was um, tiger prawns in a pina colada sauce. Oh, right. My. And I have to say. They were amazing. It sounds a bit weird, but it actually worked. No, I'm sure it worked. And from that moment on, I was, well, that's the end of steak and chips for me. That is it. Now my palate is so open to anything Mm. that it just makes me dribble all the time.
1: It's quite exciting to be aware that your palate is open to new things, isn't it? Yeah. It's almost, especially when you go to new restaurants and, and, and you, you're you kind of given the opportunity to, to succumb to new flavours and new tastes. I mean, I, I have that at the the kitchen social events sometimes because obviously the chefs bring in these new ideas. Oh, there was a Japanese spice that I'd never heard of before and I would actually lived in Japan, togarashi. Right. So, a guy called Cockney Chef he's quite cheeky chappy. He's a really really lovely guy. Uh, it was his first event, and he he was so he said he was so nervous about coming to the event, which uh, fathoms me because he's he's this really kind of bouncy cheeky chappy. And and he said he was so nervous, and he was really shaking, bless his little cotton socks. But he did these togarashi kind of twirl that you could see, you could look through it, so it was wow. that fine. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced a, like a togarashi tweel It was, right. oh, it was amazing. So you, you still, I mean, we ended up kind of having a little jar of it in our house then from, from now on. And it's, it's amazing to be able to still explore, you know, there's so much food in the world and so many yeah. flavors in the world. And I love that. I love that about mixing with chefs. Yeah. About kind of, oh, yeah. What's I can this? imagine. What's it is. It, it's a, that's what, oh, you'll love it. You'll love it, honestly. Yeah.
0: No, I'm all in. All in
1: excellent
0: um the one going back to Bridgetown very very quickly actually because this is the I suppose the counter argument to what I've just said is that also I think being a foodie means that you totally accept and really love simple things as well because there's a place in Barbados where they do something I think it's called Oyston's fish fry Mm -hmm. or something like that and all it is it's open to the whole island and everybody just comes, and there's loads of pop up barbecues, and people just bring fish and they barbecue yeah. the fish and just serve it with really simple, humble really side simple. dishes. And that is an experience in itself, as well, probably because of where you are. It's such a yeah. vibrant place. And uh, the range
1: well. of fish, as well, must yeah, have been it's pretty just incredible. Phenomenal.
0: I could have uh, dined there every night of the week.
1: Yeah, and had a different fish. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing.
0: Yeah. Anyway, sorry, this is becoming about my story. It's not about me, it's about you.
1: <laughs> I like hearing all about Phil as well. It's good.
0: Yeah, well, all in due course. I think at some point somebody's, I think it might have been Robert, actually, and uh, Kat from The Caterer have su- suggested that it might interview me for a, a podcast. So we'll see what happens with that.
1: That sounds
0: like a good idea. So you wanted to go travelling?
1: I did. I just, I... I'd had enough of Manchester. I love going back to Manchester now before anybody tells me off. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy going back to Manchester a lot. And it's, it always gives me this wonderful feeling of nostalgia, especially so much has changed in Manchester. I, I was actually travelling. I was living in Tokyo when Japan, when um, when the first bomb went off in Manchester. Right. And that was quite hard, being yeah. so far away and waking up. It was an area that I used to, not that I ever did this, but if I ever was going to skip a day of school to get my belly button pierced, it was an area that I was (laughs) hanging out there. And so it was quite, you know, you wake up and you think, it is heartbreaking to, to hear about a city that you loved. All right, you don't live there anymore, but you still love, still has a massive place in your heart. And that was quite scary. And then obviously Manchester rebuilt itself. And then, you know, two years ago, we had another bombing and the city is, rebuilt itself again it's come back stronger and when you walk around manchester now there's the most amazing street art influence about how resilient the city is right and i, I can't walk around manchester now without getting a bit of dust in my eye really it is just it's phenomenal the love that that city have for themselves and, and for each other and the resilience it's it's phenomenal it yeah. it, it does it does get me a bit emotional it is, it's 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 a very special place. And, and, you know, another reason why I do enjoy going back for these events, yeah. always take a little bit of time to, to see what's going on and catch up with friends. It's, it, is a, it is a beautiful city. You know, I don't live there anymore. I, I, I live in London now, which I do love as well. Yeah. yeah so i wanted to travel. I've been there since I was you know, born and raised there. I got the travel bug and then, and then I went off traveling. And that's when you experience food as well. Yeah, like the first place I lived after Manchester was a Greek island called it's called Zakynthos, but people call it Zante. Zante. Ah, um, I, I, went, I lived. I lived in Zakynthos, and, and I lived there in the winter, which is obviously very difficult in the summer because it's a seasonal island. It's based, yeah. all its all its income is based on on the holiday the holiday industry, uh, and in the winter the businesses close and they open smaller businesses for residents, just residents of the island. Yeah, and the food. Oh, the food i think we had easter it was easter and they do it was, it was when i first experienced goat and satsiki. right and i remember having goat for the first time on easter sunday and thinking i mean i like goats i like animals but i remember tasting this thinking oh my god this is amazing yeah and and the seafood obviously you know on on a, on a greek island and that was that was an amazing experience for me and then, and then from then i went on to japan and which is probably one of my favorite places to live in the world um yeah well it's
0: number one of my places to go I've never been
1: oh it's phenomenal it really is like lost in translation you do get there and think wow it's so everywhere you're like you it's like dream state when you get there because obviously you've got a bit of jet lag as well so you get off the plane and you're like oh I want to see it I want to see it I really want to see everywhere and you're just kind of sitting in a taxi thinking wow it's like Blade Runner Right, you know, you're just, you, it is, it's, it's. Oh, no, I want to go phenomenal, even more. Now. Yeah, it's. I definitely recommend it. My teenager wants to go, so I'll, I'll probably take take her back at some point. And it's just the Japanese are a wonderful society as well, incredibly interesting. Yeah, they love it when you try and speak a little bit of Japanese. I can speak a little bit of Japanese, and they do love the fact that you're making an effort. Right, and it's really, it's really fascinating. The the culture is amazing. The restaurant. Fresh crab. Oh, so I'll tell you about this restaurant in, in Japan and it's called Kanidoraku. And and outside the front door there's these big crabs, not real crabs, like metallic robot crabs. So they're 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 above the, the door frame and they're always squeaky. So the arms move and they're like, <laughs> if you could see me now I'm doing the action. So it's a good job you probably I, can't.
0: I, I had I had the vision in my head anyway, so um <laughs> I,
1: I'm glad
0: that um <laughs> I'm glad that you've kinda of just cemented that.
1: You go, when you go in, there's an Olympic, well, there's there's a swimming pool underneath the entrance as you go in.
0: Of course, And you yeah. go over
1: this little bridge, as they do in Japan. Yeah. You go over this little bridge, and then obviously you're in the restaurant. But in this pool are the crabs. Right. They're, they're alive, and they're just living happily along. You know, there's snow crab, king crab. So when you get down, and you, obviously shoes go off. Oh, it's so beautiful. And you, you sit down, very simple. Sit down, and you order your, your dish. And the little man, there's a man goes in in his Wellingtons, and he gets the crab. He gets the crab for you, <laughs> and he's in. The, it's 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 amazing, and he, and he's in the swim. He's in the, the pool, and he's going Koriwa, which means this one Koriwa. And you're like, mm, no, 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 no Koriwa. and so you get to choose your crab. It's. I mean, I would not have had experiences like that no. in Manchester. You know, laughing not at me now, and they. There, there are, yeah not yet <laughs> but it that that's an incredible place so keep that on your bucket list and if those restaurants are still there you definitely should go mm.
0: definitely. well i'll be uh, i'll be knocking you up for uh for some suggestions
1: for yeah sure. it was just it's just amazing the food there well their street food is sushi you know and it's amazing yeah. sushi it's not i think in london it's quite difficult to find amazing sushi without having to pay through the nose unfortunately there's no it's hard to you kind of get your itsu and things like that and then you get your nobu and it's it's quite yeah. difficult to find somewhere in between i've always felt that that was that was missing about london but it's it's one of my favorite food which is amazing yeah yes. so i don't know i think i digress then no that's all right we're still on point <laughs> um, and then bit, so malaysia and singapore Malaysia was amazing. we a strange place. Just weird. I li- I lived right I've got a coast. story
0: about Malaysia, but you go first. Go oh, on
1: then. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go first mine. I had these uh, clams. I'm not, I'm not really, uh, I don't really like vongole in like the, the pasta vongole, but they had these little clams in like a lemon sauce and they were called lala. The dish itself was called lala. And I remember thinking, and it was my favorite dish and I probably ate it pretty much every day there. Right. I lived in a place called Port Dixon. And okay. it was right on the coast. I mean, my back my backyard was the beach. It was phenomenal, Phil. Yeah. Phenomenal. And every time we had every time it was Thunder and Lightning, you'd lose your electricity. It was it was an incredible experience. Wow. And then I drove to I didn't drive, my friend drove. I drove over the border to Singapore for my birthday. I can't remember if it was my 20th. But that was amazing. Driving over the down the Jehobaro oh that's just an experience you know traveling food have been you know some incredible memories actually talking to you now it's really nice to be reliving them it's a nice it's a nice feeling makes Uh, me feel nice
0: well that's good that's good Uh, tell me your
1: story then (laughs) well
0: it's not nearly as spectacular but because I did a lot of the traveling that I did and I put travel in inverted commas was through the cruise ships so you just get little tastes here and there Of places, but we were in uh, Kota Kinabalu. Mm
1: -hmm. Beautiful
0: place, and I didn't have long off. So there was another guy who works on the bridge in the deck department. He also had a similar sort of time off. We just said, should we just go and grab some food somewhere? So we we just jumped on a local bus, kind of got lost a little bit, which was also quite cool.
1: That was quite cool.
0: And then we we ended up at a beach hut restaurant that was in the middle of nowhere. I mean, there was no tourists or anything nearby. It was just really quite deserted. We went and we just asked the guys if we could just, you know, what what have you got? They had a very limited menu. And once again, it's another prawn dish. And really all it was, when I say all it was, was just noodles and prawns and whatever Mm -hmm. spicing they had used. It was absolutely stunning. Once again, great experiences are, I suppose, also where you are and the experience that you're having at the time. We got the bill, and I had to ask him again if it was right, because the the currency, if I've got it right, was is ringgit, uh-huh. and they said it was X amount of ringgits And I recalcul- recalculated that back to be uh, two pounds fifty, and I just wow. looked at him and I thought that can't it can't be right, but it was, and I gave we gave them a, a good tip as a result, and they yeah. they, they were giving us money back to say we were like no 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 look you've, no, given, you've given us a wonderful us experience much. and we walked away I to this day I did calculate it correctly so it's not one of these stories where I got back to the ship <laughs> and realized that I'd just spent 200 pounds on food I was just overwhelmed at how good the food was for yeah. how little money you have to pay
1: and the people I mean it sounds like they were just wonderfully gracious as well oh, they're just like, no 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 just wonderful Amazing. That sounds like an amazing experience, especially when you kind of get lost somewhere. As long as you haven't got the boat waiting for you, go where the bloody hell's yeah. Phil. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> well, but well, we always had, um,
0: it, it was a good disposable income time, so we always had money for taxis if we needed.
1: Yeah. That's good. There, did you have a little? Did you have the boat? Well, I guess it's just in a port, isn't it? You don't yeah. need to dress. It's, it's not difficult
0: to get back. Although that leads me to another story. Actually, here we go. Digression. <laughs> point number thirty-three. Barcelona of all places. At, I'd always wanted to go to the new Camp
1: mm-hmm.
0: to see the stadium. Nobody else was available to go with me, so I went on my own. Went and did the tour, it was amazing, it was great, everything I wanted it to be, etc, etc. And then was a bit tight for time to get back back on shifts, not before the ship left, but just to get back to work on time. So I jumped in a taxi, Mm -hmm. the guy didn't speak a word of English, and I didn't speak a word of Spanish other than the usual dos cerveza por favor, (laughs) which I think everybody knows. I was like, oh my God, right, I'm a bit sweaty now. So I had a little moment of inspiration where I just said, okay, I knew there was a a hotel, it was the art hotel, basically art hotel was what I said to him. And he went to the art (laughs) hotel, concierge came out or the the doorman came out to open the door and I just said to him, do you speak English? And he said, yes, could you just tell him that I need to get back to the ship in the port? And he told the taxi driver and I got back to the ship. And so travel also teaches you problem solving skills (laughs) when you're out your depth.
1: Yes, resilience yes you know making it work <laughs> going somewhere where they do speak the language that you want them to speak
0: yeah yeah and that's obviously my own fault because um you know it's just <laughs> a typical arrogant brick going somewhere and expecting everybody to speak my language but um but yeah, there we are
1: but Barcelona I think yeah I can imagine that being quite busy as well yeah getting back to the port that's a beautiful city though
0: yes absolutely
1: not, I can't. I don't have any. I don't think I was there for very long, but I do remember it being very beautiful. It wasn't the places one of the places that I lived for for a period of time, but I do remember having a little walk around that city. That's I don't nice want to talk about well.
0: it too much because I was actually okay. supposed to go back there this summer.
1: Oh, okay. Shh. Yeah. Barcelona conversation finished. <laughs> next next topic yeah. then. So you were um,
0: <laughs> you were doing Asia, as it were.
1: Yep, doing Asia, and then uh, finished Japan. Went to California oh I love California went to spend some time in San Francisco another one of my top five cities I say I'm saying top five because I always think oh this is my favourite city uh, and then I think oh this is my favourite city so yeah. uh, if at least if, I, if I've said to you top five I've, I've, I've got five of my favourite cities you know in different order but San Francisco definitely another one of my favourite cities just amazing Yeah, um, that was more it wasn't really a foodie experience. That was more a friend and, and lifelong memory experience. I mean, beautiful. I love San Francisco. I still love San Francisco. I was there last year, last summer. And that's where I proposed to my... Was it last summer or the year before? Oh, maybe two years ago when I proposed to my now fiancé. Uh, hey. I proposed to him in, in, in Sonoma outside San Francisco, which is Congratulations. very beautiful thank you very much thank you uh you know just uh i'm a little bit older than he is so uh i thought i'd uh, i'd lock it in well, yeah. well there's uh <laughs> there's loads of cliches
0: we could say around that but uh but we're happy to move on <laughs>
1: yeah let's, let's move it on if i'd had a couple of glasses of wine by now and i've got there before you but yeah. <laughs> uh, it's before the yard arm so i'm, I'm keeping it keeping it clean when uh, when is the yard arm uh isn't it when you can see some shadow somewhere apparently
0: is that what it is i i've always I haven't always wondered it, but I did wonder it at that precise moment.
1: I think it is where you see a shadow i think I don't know if it I may be completely making this up, but I think it might be a nautical term I don't probably probably it sounds like it would be nautical term.
0: drink drinking a nautical <laughs> that's yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that sounds okay. That, that sounds, sounds about okay. right. So <laughs> yeah, after California, I eventually came back to London where I met my daughter's father and stayed in London. That was it then. That was the end of my kind of, how long was that for? So that was about four years. I managed to cram in an awful lot. I mean, I would just kind of stay in each place for three months, make a little bit of money and then move to another place. So I did three three cities in Japan. Yokohama Kawasaki and then Roppongi which is mental which would be where that very it's the very famous crossing Shibuya crossing is
0: okay um, yeah. and
1: then in all that time obviously I did, I did Canada which I like California which I love so you know and, and you do get a lot of your food experience from there and you know I'll never have lala's like I did in Malaysia there's a great Japanese restaurant actually here in where I am in 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 Rain, Raines Park, but again, still quite expensive. But it is a luxury, you know. It's um, yeah. You do feel we we had it for my daughter's birthday, so you do feel like you're it's a treat. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a treat. It's a it's allowed. It's allowed.
0: What type of jobs were you plugging into, uh, if you can repeat it? I don't know. Yeah, plugged. no. <laughs> well, I,
1: I did. Um, I did a little bit of modeling when I was younger. Yeah. I'm, and that's kind of how I, I didn't work very hard. I just wanted to travel. I just kind of turn up for the yep. occasional job and then make make some money and then move on. I was really enjoying that freedom of trying new experiences, meeting new people, soaking it all in. And my passion for photography started in Japan, and I kind of got a little bug then. But then I didn't really follow it through. I got but we got burgled in South Africa, which is where my camera went how it disappeared. So that right. I moved to South Africa as well after I met my daughter's, my daughter's father. And then it kind of stopped for a while. And then I didn't get back into photography until I was 30. My daughter was then five. And I decided, I realised I hadn't really done anything for myself. I hadn't really got that degree or I hadn't got that higher education. Mm. So when she started going back to school, I kind of, when I hit 30, I called it Magella version 3.0. Right, and I did some things. I, I went back to school, got braces, got braces at the age of 30 because I'd always not been very confident with my teeth. So I did that at 30. Yeah. And I just kind of had a bit of an upgrade mentally and, and, and physically and, and confidence, confidence wise. And that was when I started photography and I got my three distinctions in photography, regular photography and then a distinction in lighting just at a part time college because I was, I was on my own then with my daughter. Yeah. So it was it was quite difficult juggling everything, but it was something that I really wanted to do because I knew that I could do photography then for the rest of my life. You know, I can be doing this at sixty. I can be doing this at seventy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And there's so, something it's quite... sort of passion about that as well, rather than yeah. it being a job.
1: Yeah, well. that's it. You can. It's something I'll be able I'll be able to hold a camera for as long as I can you know, until the arthritis kicks in and then I'll still give it a good go as well. Yeah. And it, so it's, um, it was something that I wanted to do and study. And then... The By whole... the time
0: you've, uh, you've got arthritis kicking in, there'll be, uh, you'll be taking photographs with your brain. Anyway. With, exactly,
1: with my mind, yeah. with the power of my mind. It'll be like <laughs> Magneto, just picking up the camera and taking the snap. And it'll be transmitted onto a, a huge invisible screen, you know, the photography of the future. Yeah, but you know,
0: it all starts with an idea.
1: That's it. I've, uh, I'm going to trademark that one now, Phil. We can share it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> we can share that one Photo photography good. with your mind.
0: Let's get on investment now. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm sure people will take us seriously, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it was in, hang on, I just wrote this down early because I had a flashback on my Facebook this morning uh, when good I for started that, isn't it? food. It is. It's great. Some yeah, nice little I, memories.
0: The funny thing is about social media, and I was going to talk about this at some point, but we might as well talk about this now, hmm. uh, seeing as it's come up. Is um, I'm a child of Facebook. Uh, you know, that was kind of the first one that that kicked in. Uh, Instagram hmm. came along, and I I was one of these people that that went, huh? what's <laughs> what's why? What's the difference? I don't understand. But as I've got older, and this is some. Um, eminently conscious that i'm sounding more and more like my parents i've become a little bit less moving towards social media and kind of more moving away just because yeah. i found that i was wasting an awful lot of time
1: yeah, that's just, the thing. it can be a little bit all-encompassing yeah i find that i mean i have a, quite a few social media accounts for the various little bit of little brands and things like that and i have found that it does take Time, you know, the planning, the the organising, it, it it just does. But yep. unfortunately, it's essential in some small businesses. Brand awareness, it is unfortunately a little bit essential. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. Everybody. But it is it is also quite nice to be aware of the time not to be in social media. You know. Yeah. We we make a joke in our house, and it's called phone club. You know, if you're watching a movie, you're not on your phone. Otherwise, you're in phone club. You know, phone club. <laughs> what are you in phone club for? You know, and it, and that's quite nice. You know, so I try, and, I try and get my social media done in the morning and then maybe have a look at it again later on in the day and, and, and react to either other people's posts or, or, or comment. But I try and get it done in the morning, and then you know it's done. But that can sometimes mean planning the images the night before, yeah. or going through the images or, you know, checking your, checking your own image catalog. So it does take planning and it can be all encompassing. But I really enjoy it. I mean, so much so, I am currently studying for a degree in digital marketing. I really do enjoy it. Yeah. But there are days where I feel like I can't be bothered as well.
0: Um, yeah. I, <laughs> it, going back to the point about it flashes up memories, I, yeah. I love that. We have, um, well, you know that we have a, a little dog.
1: Oh, yeah, you've got, we're getting a beagle, actually. Uh, yeah. It's funny because you said you had a beagle and I was talking to my partner and I was saying, oh, I don't, because he wanted uh, originally a Dutch and they're right. very nice. We love Dutchman. And I said, oh, you know, why don't we maybe look at getting another dog? He's like, what, what What have you got in mind? I went, what about a beagle? And now we've decided that we will really be getting a beagle. You really don't know what you're getting yourself in <laughs> <for>. <laughs> Those velvety ears, little stroking on the ears. Yes.
0: <laughs> well, all I will tell you is is that you get back out of them what you put in and you will need to put in a lot. They've got in, they're incredible dogs. They're one of the most, what's the word, loyal of mm. all the breeds. They, they need the pack more than a lot of other breeds so they'll always have that fierce loyalty but they're mischievous beyond words (laughs) because there's an awful lot going on behind the eyes sometimes Um... I look I look into the eyes of my dog and you know if you're having a conversation with a human as you're talking to them the eyes move around all over the place the beagle does that Amazing. so there's there's a lot going on like and usually it's centered around okay what's my next strategy to get food yeah I...
1: okay this is all very nice what you're saying phil but i yeah. know there's some food in this house Indeed. i know there is and how long do i know. have to sit
0: here listening <laughs> to what you're saying to me before <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: i get yeah. food
1: i agree with you phil yes now where's my steak <laughs> yeah that's exactly that, that's it but
0: they yeah. are see it's the most delightful little thing and we are we we did a lot of training from a very early age right. and we've got a cracking dog now but um there was a time at the beginning where we were thinking well we've made a grave error oh so all i would say to you is if you feel like you're out of your depth ask for help because yes. you know, there's somebody out there who knows a lot more than you do
1: oh amazing that's good i'll put you on the list then phil yeah i, I wasn't talking about <laughs> me <laughs> too late too late
0: <laughs> anyway <laughs> Wait, how did we get there? I can't we, even remember.
1: We, we, uh, my Facebook memory popped up oh, today yes. with my how I first got into food photography.
0: Yes, so I had a, oh, fa- a Facebook memory came up that had uh, the day that we got Bella oh. and this cute little puppy. And I think, and that's the point I was going to make was that that is what I've ended up loving the most about Facebook. Facebook is the little memories that it just reminds you of. Yeah. Do you remember when that happened?
1: It is good for that, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. It's good for that, and it's nice for keeping in touch with people across oceans. I find it quite good if I've got, yeah. you know, a couple of my inter- my international friends. Uh, make myself sound so popular. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's quite good for that as well. But I, it, it can also. I remember when, obviously, this this whole lockdown thing started. There was also. I mean, that's one of the problems with social media at the moment. There's so much negativity. Yeah, and it's really hard. That's one of the reasons I don't spend too long on it anymore because you do find yourself with this constant input, this this onslaught of oh, what's they doing? What are they doing? It's not nice. Yeah. It's not. It, it's not required. People have got clearly too much time on their hands at the moment, and and so it is quite good to not be spending so much time on social media nowadays. We all know what's happening in the world. It's there. You don't need it rubbed in your face. Yeah. You know every every 10 minutes it's not good for the soul it's not good for for the mindset yeah Gotta kind of stay around the positive people I know this makes me sound like a great big hippie um but I agree though know, I agree
0: that you're yeah. the, you are the sum of the the five people that you spend the most time with or something like that you, I, I can't ever get through a show without <laughs> dropping in a cliche somewhere but but it's true I mean you know if you contemplate if you surround yourself with with positive people generally yeah. you're a more positive person yeah and that works either way so right. yeah, I, I'm all on board with that and I, I don't think it was the primary reason why I, I moved away from spending so much time um, because I've never been I'm not one of these guys that kind of takes everything literally mm. so I, I know in my own mind what I'm comfortable with and what I'm not so uh, you know a lot yeah. of the time I don't tune into mainstream media because what is the point? No. Really. you I, I found it interesting at the beginning of lockdown when they were doing the daily updates, but I think after maybe <sighs> 10 days, I was just like, oh, this no, is No, and that's just... the thing
1: now as well. Everybody, uh, you know, I, I don't watch them anymore no. because, you know, sooner or later I'm going to read a tweet about it and it's generally somebody being a bit, pardon my French, a bit pissed off. Yeah. Um, And it, it so... Uh, I'm not going to willingly open my mind, my mind state to that. When I know it's happening anyway, and me watching it isn't going to change the situation. No, exactly. Um, and I, I don't know, somewhere down the line, I will, you know, I'll hear about it. And if it's really important, my mum will call me anyway and tell me. Um, you know, <laughs> if, if, if it's massively affecting my life and my situation in London, my mum will call me and go, you're all right everything all right I've had a look at this and blah 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 so it's it's okay to not have your nose in it all the time especially if you are you know you're quite a sensitive I'm quite a sensitive person I don't need to have my nose in it all the time it's not you know I'd rather be supporting chefs or posting nice images that will make people hungry and happy I'd rather be doing that than than reading about you know certain people it's just it's not I, I just don't yeah I'm quite happy with my food images just kind of making everybody feel nice and I think some people would probably say that that makes me kind of almost, you know, living in this this false bubble. But it's not. It's I know I know everything is there if I need to access it. Yeah. But I'd rather be promoting chefs. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, yeah. I'd rather be talking about the good stuff and looking at pictures of cheese. Oh my god! Yesterday I looked at this picture of cheese with truffle in the middle, and oh I really wanted it. God. Um, <laughs> I love cheese. I've got a cheese problem i've <laughs> got i've got a, t- I've got a cheese problem it. it's not that i'm that's what it is that's it i i i should go to fromage anonymous fa from well, yeah, so that's a- it.
0: well there's another idea but, um...
1: <laughs> quick trademark it yeah the problem with- I, I just it's just cheese i love cheese it's got it's got a cheese problem it's not just the cheese though it's the half the bottle of red that you need yeah. to have with the cheese, and then and these are all you know, things it's...
0: that now that we're the wrong side of forty, you've got to kind of bear in mind. Yeah, don't you? it doesn't come to... off nearly as quickly as it used to come it
1: off. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. You've got to have those opportunities few and far between. But you know, I do allow myself them occasionally. But uh, it's a, it's been a nice opportunity to do exercise. This this situation.
0: Yep. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's been... exactly right. It's been a great opportunity. But uh, yes. have we all done it?
1: <laughs> I've been quite good. I've found oh, I, I have, found well, I have to do a little. Well, you've got to walk it's Bella, isn't it? Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, to yeah. walk Bella yeah. in the morning. So that's quite nice. It's, well, I did do a little run this morning thinking about, you know, what you might possibly ask me. And so it's, um, I think I, I know I need it for my mental my my mental kind of health but I think uh, everybody
0: does better. to be honest agreed. and I, I don't think the majority realize what a positive influence exercise has on your brain mm.
1: yep agreed
0: I posted something actually on social media I love social media <laughs> uh, just the other day because last week was mental health awareness yes, week. It was. and there's a lot of people think that it's just purely about hard work to get to where you need but hard work is one element of a great deal many elements mm-hmm. and actually the best thing that you can give yourself is looking after yourself yeah you know because it, it helps in the long run 100%
1: you've got to you know you've got to keep the you've got to keep the engine working the engine you've got to keep it well oiled you've got to yep. keep keep the mind functioning and then keep it going yeah I did a post last week for mental health awareness and it was um I didn't read yours. Though. I'll promise to read it afterwards, Phil. Sorry. That's not acceptable. <laughs> That's it. I mean, not only is she a red, but she doesn't read my post as well. That's it. Back of the queue. This is getting deleted afterwards. <laughs> yeah.
0: What a waste of my time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, we'll talk about plates now. Is that okay? Can I bring it oh, back? Great. Yes. You want to bring it back with things that you want to talk about? Um, <laughs> we'll
0: get to plates, but let's, let's get back to story. We're... Um, we're digressing aren't
1: we we're terrible we knew we would though we did say that we would end up you know going all over the place with this um (laughs) so we're
0: we're true to our words there we are
1: that's it exactly so 2012 i had the experience of a so there was the electrolux had launched this incredible 16 seater 16 people only in a giant not a yeah it was a it was quite a, a big cube. It was a glass cube. It was called the Electrolux Cube. And it was perched right on the top of the Royal Festival Hall in Waterloo. Right. And um, I've got a friend of mine, we'll call him the Silver Fox. We'll just call him the Silver Fox. He is the Silver Fox. And we occasionally get to go obviously not uh, anymore, it's but we no <laughs> it's not it's not Phil, but he is quite handsome like Phil right
0: um
1: so we used to go to lots of restaurants, we don't so much anymore, obviously, with the situation, and that was when I was young, free, and single, uh, so we would go we go out quite a lot so we we were lucky enough to book two nights, so two different chefs, so it was Claude Bossy, oh, and then it was I made, exactly it made it and it, it honestly, it was phenomenal, so it was Claude Bossy, and then Daniel Clifford, oh. So yeah, it's one of your favourites. Uh, um, yes. So and they obviously they cook this tasting menu, and it's there's it only I think it was either twelve or sixteen. I think it was sixteen, and so you're just just sixteen of you in this glass cube, top of the Royal Festival Hall. Amazing! One of the my, most amazing experiences I have ever had in my life, and obviously there
0: moments you, where you just think to yourself, "How did I?" Get Uh,
1: exactly you do you're just kinda I remember just having a glass of champagne on the on the balcony, looking at, you know, the House of Parliament, London just looking around and thinking, bloody hell, this is all right. You know, you've got to kind of pinch yourself a little bit. And I remember they brought out these lovely little warm cheese puffs just to kind of get it going, and it was like, oh, this is gonna be phenomenal. And it was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal, and obviously because it's a small group of people, the chefs come out and they have a chat with you. You know, how you doing? What do you like? Da, da, da. Yeah. And so I think we we did we did no, we did I've got the menu around somewhere. So we did the first. So Daniel was my second night there, and we were talking and talking and and you know everybody gets their turn. Chef works his way around the table. What do you two do? I said, oh, I'm I'm just kind of graduated from studying photography trying to get into food photography. I didn't know very much about Daniel then. I, I, right. have a, I, I get terribly starstruck by people normally. I didn't really know about Daniel then. And so I, I'm in this, you know, amazing experience place, dressed up to the max, and really enjoying this amazing food, probably had a couple of glasses by, a couple, probably had more than a couple by this point. So I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a photographer. I want yeah. to do my food photography. And Daniel you, just said- You were said,
0: networking. You were networking.
1: I was networking. Net- I'm a <laughs> A couple of classes <laughs> in, I can network with anybody um a of, so and Daniel said oh why don't you why don't you pop to my place and, and have a little have a little uh, play with the food and I was just like yeah that's amazing why not didn't really have a clue didn't really have a clue until I got there and I did a bit of googling and I was like oh, holy shit I oh my god yeah. and then that's when I started getting a bit starstruck which I wish I'd not done actually I wish I'd kind of left it until afterwards until I'd done the shoot and that was it that was then so the year 2012 was the first my first bite of, of the food bug the food photography bug and I haven't looked back since and everywhere I've been and every everybody I've photographed and, and everything I've photographed you know when I look back at the experiences that I have I mean i I went to Mugaret's two years ago uh, oh, in in San Sebastian. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've I've eaten a lot of stars, and and you know, for, for a girl from a council estate, I've not done too badly. Yeah, and it you you do you, but I do I do count myself lucky. I do feel honoured to have been on this journey through you know this kind of little idea. Uh, and now I'm still going. You know, I'm still going, still, still building the brand. And I was, I was lucky enough to get back to Midsummer House before lockdown to do another shoot. Yeah. And that was exciting because uh, Daniel and I had developed quite a nice friendship by then. He still, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel actually helped me with my sausage roll for the sausage roll. That's
0: not a <laughs> euphemism.
1: <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not. No, Daniel did my sausage, and Mark did my pastry for me. So I was ridiculous enough to enter the sausage roll-off this year I as I mentioned earlier I'm not an amazing cook so it was a bit it's just ridiculous I don't know why I did it but I had an amazing time in the end obviously there was a couple of people I think there was two chefs that were a bit narky about me having help from from Daniel um right. and there was well, there was a little bit I, of
0: t- I can kind of I can kind of see why. <laughs> I can
1: hundred percent see why. So I knew I wasn't gonna win. Um so I started practicing with my mother-in-law kind of around Christmas. Obviously, these little kind of sausage rolls that you're kind of putting out. And it was it was pretty exciting. I learned how to make pastry, but obviously, oh yes, I, I can imagine some of the chefs were a little bit annoyed, but I never kind of I didn't enter To necessarily, you know, I didn't enter to steal anybody's crown. Yeah. I entered for a bit of a laugh and to raise my confidence. There was some interesting comments on Twitter. And obviously Daniel is quite active on Twitter. So it was, um, I remember being there one day and we got a couple of photos of me and there was uh, some uh, profanities going around, Uh, a little bit cheeky, but it was good fun. Obviously I didn't win, but I did have an amazing experience and it was for hospitality action. It was so nice. There was just the one, just the one chef that was a bit, it was a bit rude to me, and it wasn't required to be honest, because everybody else was just like, "Look, she's not a cook. She's come to get involved. She's raised a bit of money. She's brought some people here, and they're spending money." I, I also put in a raffle prize as well, um, a spot for one of my events. Yep. So it wasn't about stealing anybody's crown. I wasn't there to be the big I am, or my mates Daniel Clifford. I was there to help raise a bit of money, raise a bit of awareness, and I had a really, really good time. It was you can't be really an eagle
0: can you
1: <laughs> it was a, it was just it was a really fun i don't know if i'll do it again this year because it was a bit scary but right. i might do i might do if yeah. not i'll just if i don't enter myself this year i will definitely be going along to eat a lot of sausage rolls yeah that's what, <laughs> that's what you do yeah well and, they're and, and, they're
0: fine little things um they as are, well
1: they are pretty good yes they are. have you have you tried the the i don't know if we can mention it that that brand with no name that that does, that does a vegan sausage roll.
0: is it the the one that rhymes with um oh, eggs
1: yes their vegan sausage roll ha- is actually very good is it it's actually very good just yeah. so you know just you know pub quiz info there <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah so that's so my friendship continued with daniel and well, he doesn't it's, it's know it a,
0: yet, but he and I are destined to be best mates. But, I um,
1: I think. Well, you know, maybe when all this is over, Phil, we'll go and sneak in and, and have some lunch.
0: It's and, just up the road. It's just up the road. Oh, I live in Stanstead, so.
1: They did a clementine soufflé before Christmas, and I took my I took James for for his early Christmas to, do the clementine soufflé. It was.
0: I can imagine. I it I, was. I did. Fall. I was lucky enough to do a, a cooking experience at Le Manoir not under the tutelage of Raymond Blanc, I have to say, but under one of his guys. And one of the dishes that we prepared was an orange souffle. Mm. And, I mean, it's just a flavour that goes well in a souffle.
1: I love souffles so much. Mm. I just love food so much. I'm really hungry now. Yeah. It's lunchtime now, isn't it? I'm really hungry now. I think one of the best souffles I had as well was at Gavroche. So I had their famous... Their famous souffle oh, just was... restaurant
0: dropping now aren't we
1: yeah <laughs> i'll stop i'll stop i'll stop <laughs> do you know um... Neil,
0: why i don't want to talk about going to barcelona this year is because we were also going to girona to to eat at el selo de can roca
1: oh
0: yeah and it, it took us 11 months to get a table oh no. yeah um, oh, um i'm just gonna no. go and cry into a pillow
1: no, don't cry. It's okay. Get your rage pillow. Your restaurant rage pillow. Yeah. Scream into that.
0: <laughs> the, um, bless them. They've, they've already made contact, and and we will still get to go, but probably not That's until nice. next year.
1: Yeah, I met I met them. I met the brothers at a little. Um, they came to one of the colleges many many moons ago, and I was writing for the hospitality and caterer news, um, which I think as we as we mentioned when we spoke, I'm not actually a great writer i don't enjoy it at all Um, and so i procrastinate with it terribly until you know right before deadline i'm like you know sake, have a glass of wine and just just do it and then i just end up kind of googling other words for delicious and tantalizing and it's just i mean I, i have written some okay pieces but a food blogger or critique i am not yeah I am not. So I met I met the, the, the brothers uh, at an event they did at, at, uh, at Kingsway many many moons ago, and then I also met Geordie at uh, in San Sebastian when I was lucky enough to go over for on a on a photojournalism job, which was that was when I went to Mugaritz. right? And that was you know what a nice chap, what a nice man. Yeah, Just well, his really story nice. is
0: awesome. I don't know if you've ever watched. I'm sure you must have watched Chef's Table
1: oh, on Netflix. Isn't it?
0: Oh, Jesus, just oh, Jesus. Porn, It makes me emotional.
1: It? it makes me emotional. When you hear that music, you know it's going to be an amazing episode. And obviously, yeah. as I'm, I'm a very, very visual person. So, I mean, I, I don't do video. I just, it's not for me. I get, you know, multitasking, are you crazy? Um, I, can't, I can't walk and drink water, are you mad? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so for me as a photographer, seeing the filming on chef's table Oh, I mean, just you just you know dust in your eye again.
0: Oh, it's just and he, I mean, El Celle has been number one on my list for well, probably ten years. Oh, amazing! But also to see this sort of the focus on his episode, which was obviously around the uh, the patisserie and the dessert making, mm. and and where he came from, and that he was a, you know a total maverick as a kid, and never got involved in the in that side of the business at all. And then just found this with yeah. with a level of genius which is just you know a it, phenomenal, you, isn't you it? You can't even fathom uh, where it, where it comes from.
1: They are amazing. Those shows, the stories that you see, and was it Grant Atches that lost the sense of oh, taste? That's an old, yeah, and that you know you you've in te- you're in tears. You are in tears. It's it's so moving, and you yeah. just it's phenomenal I absolutely love them. I haven't seen one for a while what was the monks oh, what was the female monks one as well she was phenomenal and she was so she was so calm and and relaxed and when she was talking to the camera and because they don't cook with garlic or onion because obviously it doesn't work for sitting still for a long time Obviously, because yeah. it would get a bit windy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. So you. So she doesn't cook with things like that. So you think, well, where does she get a flavour from? And she just. Oh God, what's the name? Oh, you. Oh, that's really annoying.
0: Yeah. I. I don't think I've. I don't think I've seen that one.
1: You'll have to see. It. It's really good. Yeah. Um, but she's talking about how, because she went into Buddhism when she was about ten years old, and her father was saying, "Oh, you know what you're doing? You're crazy." And she said, "Oh, this is my calling." And she tells this incredible story of, of how she was. She was sleeping in a tree. She was taking a break because obviously it's very difficult. The whole procedure of being, coming, becoming a Buddhist monk is very, it's very lengthy. Lots of meditation, lots of exercise, lots of you know proving your worthiness. And she said she was having a sleep in this tree in Thailand. And this massive snake basically went traveled across her body while she was sleeping. And in her head, she just kept thinking, this is the way it's going to be this is god's will and i remember just thinking you are incredible like just that whole thought process of this is how it's going to be this is what's going to happen yeah and it was just it's a really phenomenal i'll message it to you later
0: i can pretty much sure if if a snake was going across my body as i was sleeping yeah. that's not the thought that no, i'd be I'd having. have
1: fallen out that tree i'd have fallen out the tree <laughs> yeah and yeah
0: definitely yes yeah, so it's an instant laxative probably for me <laughs> That one,
1: oh, not nice. for are going to be walking under the tree, Phil. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> certainly not. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, I don't know where we were now. Done...
0: <laughs> no, I'm totally lost as well. I think no, <laughs> this is never going to happen, done, was we've it? We've done
1: the sausage roll, we've done you know the photography. Um, yeah yeah I, I do i do but
0: talked about snakes and snakes trees, and trees yeah, very um, you know
1: very important i I don't think anybody else i've never heard snakes and trees being talked about before so i'm unique if nothing yeah
0: <laughs> absolutely yeah um yeah so what happened next that's it that's <laughs> it well, we're, we're here now life.
1: so we're, we're, here we're here now it's obviously the hospitality industry is on pause as i like to say yeah and you just kind of wait for it to you know you've got to stay positive positive. You've got to wait for it to rear its head again. Obviously, people are putting contingency plans into action. And I'm I'm still doing the social media posts, as we talked about social media earlier. Uh, yeah. I'm still posting because I think it's important to keep it fresh in people's minds that, you know, once this is all over, you can still. I posted a, a picture from Midsummer House this morning, gave, gave you a little tag. Um, I think it's yeah. important that people remember that these these opportunities to enjoy new food are still out there. They're still going to be out there afterwards. And I'm still posting across London Kitchen Social and Manchester Kitchen Social because I'm promoting the chefs and the bakers that have been involved. Yeah. You know, when they come to the events, one of the things that I do offer is that continued promotion across the social media platforms. Like I said, I, I love social media. I really do enjoy it a lot. My library of food images is is quite vast and and it's quite nice to look back through old images because you go oh I'm going to post that next week I'm going to post that next week so I'm continuing to post I had to change the tone of voice at the beginning because I didn't I didn't post for a couple of days not only I mean I was grieving the loss of the hospitality industry and I think grieving was the correct word for it
0: it totally is I heard somebody else talk about this that that's kind of you know there's a lot of people feel lost yeah at the moment but it is like the well not the death of a, a loved one it, but it, it's a know, quick the, loss yeah
1: the quick the quick and abrupt loss of something that was there for a long time and all of a sudden it just yeah. wasn't there anymore and people lost it didn't they the they, 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 people were like what the fuck my french you know i i fell into a couple of bottles of red wine uh, and then realized that obviously that's not sustainable for, for mental health or or physical health. People have reacted to it in many different ways. A lot of people have got a bit angry, hence all the kind of the negativity on social media. Some people have just adapted. Some people have taken this opportunity to have a step back and to, and to reassess yep. and to go in a different direction, which is a very healthy way to do it. And that's what I did. I couldn't post you know, stuff that was happening now. So I just kind of changed the wording in the bio a little bit to, you know, and I did things like I did hashtags, food pics to make you smile, uh, hashtag positivity, hashtag we will get through this. And you've just got to adapt your way of thinking for digital marketing in this current, oh, what would you call it, economic state. Um, you yep. just got to adapt yeah, yeah. a little bit and just just develop and grow and, and you know, just be be aware, again, not everybody wants to have it rubbed in their face all the time, myself included. So I didn't want to talk about it all the time. I wanted to to say, look, look at this amazing dish. Why don't you try it at home? Look at this. Look at what this yeah. chef does. Look at you know, this is his speciality. Look at this amazing produce. You can get this delivered to your house. So it just it just went in a different direction without kind of shriveling up.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, what what you're kind of doing almost serves as a little bit of a, a history lesson to people that you remember. We can do this. This is what is, you know, when we're back to, and it will come back, this is, Mm. you know, what we'll get back to at some point. And I think, you know, there's an awful lot of content out there on the negative sides of what we're going through. And I just, I felt that I don't need to add any weight to that. There's enough people with much greater intelligence than me getting into that debate. So let's, and that's why I started the podcast really, was to just remind people of, the the stories and the the fun that people have getting yeah, to where I mean, they've got to.
1: I, I've i definitely I've I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to your podcast. Some of the great stories from all sides, especially Panto. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Now when this Panto gets back up and running, I will be going. I I, oh, I thought you were
0: gonna say you'll be I've, you're in. You're
1: I would love to be in Panto. Oh, be in I Panto. would love it. Yeah. Yeah, well, you you know the people, don't you? So you can get me you can get me in there, Phil, can't yeah, you? Well, I
0: can get you an audition. So, um, I can't. I can't get
1: me an audition. Yeah, I can't
0: uh, do <laughs> okay. anything else for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all right. I just need a foot in the door, and I'll work with yes. Yeah. But that that I mean that sounds like an amazing thing to do. Yeah, and I think you were saying that you you get there and you get nervous, and then you realise why you're doing it.
0: Yeah. God, you really have been listening um, to them, haven't you?
1: I have. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been listening a lot. And uh, I think one of, your, one of your most poignant pieces of advice was, don't book to go for a tasting menu the night after Panto. Yes.
0: Oh, it's <laughs> absolutely pointless and a waste of time. And no slight on the experience at all. I'm sure it would have been amazing, but it was just wasted on me that day. Yeah. And that's, you know, time and a place for...
1: Your pyjamas and your dog yeah. and your sofa yeah. and, and movies that's it, it?
0: or Just... binge watch something brainless
1: <laughs> has been kind of yeah. rubbish yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so panto i'd love to give panto a go if not i'll be coming to watch for sure once that's back up and running i think it's been quite successful it has yeah i
0: suppose it remains to be seen whether they'll be able to do it this year given everything that's gone on I and mean, when i say this year it, it happens at the beginning of next year but obviously there's an awful lot of planning and and the like that goes into it so we'll we'll see what happens around I that but um space, I it's, guess. A, it's a phenomenally unique experience there's nothing I can like imagine. just because of you're kind of thrust into the path of so many other people you know and, and there's ceos and there's waiters and there's kitchen porters and the, everybody is on mm-hmm. a level there's no hierarchy yeah. other than the director of the show who runs runs it. So it's a great leveller.
1: Yeah, I can imagine the atmosphere behind stage being just electric.
0: Yeah. Just it's exactly that.
1: No, that's amazing. I'll definitely be on the list to 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 hopefully come and come and get involved and or at least watch, bring a group down and, and support in that way. Brilliant. No, you were you were in the Panto. What what were you? What did you do?
0: So I've done two years. This year just gone by, I was the gang boss that obviously features so historically in all of Snow White's pantomimes. I was a a mafioso-style gang leader charged with taking down Snow White. Okay. And the year before, I had about 12 different roles, lots of small little bit part roles here and there. The the one thing for me is that when I I remember ticking the box on the audition sheet to say that I wasn't prepared to dance, because nobody needs to see that, (laughs) and ended up dancing.
1: Okay.
0: Not suggesting that anybody did need to see that. But I remember stepping into rehearsal number one that we were learning a routine. And I just remember leaving that rehearsal thinking, oh my God, I I am so (laughs) far away from where this needs to be. And didn't get that number down until the Wednesday before we went live. And the feeling when you run it and you get it done Fla- well, flawlessly. Well, that's probably a matter of opinion. But
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll see what other people say. <laughs> yeah, in my brain,
0: I was thinking that's the first time you've done it without any mistakes. It's a phenomenal feeling because also what's going through your mind is is you don't want to let people down. Yeah, and that's a bigger fear factor for me than any kind of nerves that come with going on the stage.
1: Yeah, I imagine.
0: there's that you know this is this is a big deal and this means a lot to a lot of people. That's where the pressure comes from yeah. for me.
1: I'd be the same as you. I can't dance. I can't. I just can't. I've got, you that my, I've got, my, I've got my own rhythm in my own head, apparently. Yes, that's uh, a, that's I dance to, <laughs> to that rhythm. I dance to that rhythm. So, yeah, I'd be a non-dancing role as well. <laughs> Everything's
0: possible with enough practice
1: exactly exactly I'd, I'd definitely be up for that more <laughs> philosophy
0: from the most of uh, phil
1: philosophy we love it that's the book isn't it it
0: is yeah yeah, yeah. it yeah.
1: is there you really are listening i sound like i'm a stalker now but i was just doing my research and i love it when i'm on my walk in the morning is because you've had such a, a diverse crowd on yeah you know I, I know scott i know robert i'm getting to know ask Fletch through the power of social media yeah. And it's you know, it that's one of the reasons I've listened to it, you know, more than I've listened to any other podcast, because of the diversity and, and the range of, of persons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's for me one of the just the most amazing things about this industry. And I haven't even got started yet. That's the mm. thing. And with every conversation that I have, I uncover more things and more areas to go delve into and that's the thing about hospitality for me is that I just yeah. the, the breadth of opportunity is just and the phenomenal people, the,
1: the colourful people and, and their experiences and their stories
0: and they're all willing to help as well yeah. that's that's the thing and I suppose that's a deep rooted mentality of hospitality anyway but you know a lot of the time business gets in the way because mm. maybe you know people are focused too hard and too much on making sure a business is profitable which is obviously important but it's it shouldn't be the main driver why something exists and I think sometimes that gets lost in business but that's for me what's been a real positive of this period is the fact that it's it's allowing a lot of people to reconnect with themselves as to what they find important and giving them a chance to kind of just really get to grips with who they are and and where they're going next.
1: And, or, or reconnect with with who they are and why they originally started with it. I think some, yeah. in some in some instances, yeah. you know, go back go back to that initial feeling of you know why am I in the kitchen? What 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 did I want to cook originally without having been told this and that? And I think that is nice. It, it is it is one of one of the upsides that people are reconnecting with themselves and and their initial passions especially when it comes to food, you know, you can go in so many different directions, but it's, it, if, and if nothing, a time to sit back and, and recollect, Oh, you know, I really liked cooking with fish. Okay. I'm going to cook with fish again. Yeah. And it is, it is, um, you know, it, it's not been an ideal situation for any of us, this, yeah. this thing, but you know, we will come out of it and we will come out of it stronger. And the hospitality industry is a, is a very strong and uh, an incredible a wonderful industry. I'm honored and proud to be part of it. Brilliant. So, and I, and I will continue in in the hospitality industry.
0: Yeah, well, I mean clearly you're doing and photographing things that do mean something to you and that's mm. that's got to be important.
1: It is working with the chefs, you know, I really love working with chefs. They're, they're a certain level of chaos and, and, <laughs> and, and madness. And I kind of, I'm a creative like that as well. So we're kind of gel with a chef when it, when it comes to their creative. And I love seeing that process, You know, that, that little bit of chaos in their head that goes to them producing this mind-blowingly tasty and stunning-looking dish. And then I get to photograph it. It's, it's a real honour. I do. I feel honored. I feel. And then and, and when they see the pictures and a friend of mine, Anthony Raffa, used to be like, I can't I can't believe that's my food. I can't believe that's a picture of the food that I've created. And th- there's just that I do. I feel I feel privileged to be allowed this insight into their world and their creative process. Yeah. And a lot of my very, very dear friends are on our chefs. And I, I just I love being around them and, and seeing that energy that they've got it is i I do feel privileged
0: yeah well there's a level of genius that comes with these people yeah you know to be able to come up with you can go and read a book on flavor profiling you know and and what goes together and and all of these sorts of things and get that ingrained in your head but that's only a small section of what you need to do to put a dish together yeah it's got to look good obviously that that falls into your category Mm. but at the same time it's not just about the flavor combinations. It's about the percentage of why do we have more of that than that. Yes, to balance and then, it and even
1: things like the aftertaste. You yeah. know what what hits you first? Oh, a tomato, and then you get like this subtlety or the, or a subtle flavor or a subtle chocolate. And it is it's it's that science. It's not like that that madman scientist. Yeah going into creating something that you know you'll leave and and, and po- even things as simple as portion sizes you know especially things when you're having a tasting menu it's i i love a tasting menu i love the experience of a tasting yeah, menu. Me i love the journey the journey that you go on with the tasting menu and and you know even that you know this course after this course this course after this course that has to take a certain amount of you know of it is, it's got to be a journey. Yeah. I, mean, I was very lucky enough to eat at the Fat Duck as well last year. I'll just keep um, dropping them again, in. That's I'm, all right. No, <laughs> I'm very lucky. <laughs> I do feel lucky enough to, to have done all these. That, again, another journey. Yeah. And all very, very thought out and very well planned. I love tasting menus. And I do hope, I know there were, were some rumours about things not being so austere and not so much thought process but i do hope some places still keep that tasting menu because even yeah. if it's just little nibbles you know that experience that journey that flavors necessary that you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily you know you wouldn't eat at home yeah, yeah it's nice because you get that experience of little morsels and it's the
0: i love it. The I leaving it in the hands of the person who is responsible for producing the food you you take the choice out of the dish that you want and that to me is part of the experiences that yeah, you, know, you can see the menu beforehand and you kind of know what's coming. But maybe there's mm. something on there like sweetbreads or something like that. And yeah. my wife's not, not a fan of of offal of, of any kind. I love sweetbreads. But oh, if I it's on a tasting that. menu, she'll try it. Yeah. Whereas she wouldn't have ordered it yeah. had that been on there. And it's part of that. And then I also enjoy matching the wines leaving that yeah, to the sommelier
1: mm. Well, you that you're you're relinquishing yourself i love that word it's yeah. a great word relinquish so you're you're letting yourself go to the pleasures of the experience of, of the food and i love that yeah. i love that You you know you're going to be there for a couple of hours yeah and it's just amazing, isn't it? You, I truly relax then. I'm not very good at relaxing. I'm normally kind of tick tocking over, but I love that when you you sit down, you are like, yeah, I'm gonna have a tasting menu. Yes, please. I love the wine pairing, and it's just, oh, it's yeah. just new and new and melty in the mouth, and oh, it's yeah, it's it, there's something sexy about it actually, if I'm allowed to say that. You it's can, something yes. Sexy yeah. about a tasting menu and the journey that it goes on.
0: The only time that I'm not relaxed in that environment is when you get to course number 11 of 12 and you realise that it's coming to an end.
1: Oh, I know. That is a sad bit. When you've had a good
0: experience. Yeah. But I mean, to be honest, any time that I've opted for tasting menu, I I can't remember a bad experience.
1: Agreed. Same here.
0: So I'm saying to all chefs everywhere, keep the tasting menu. And that's the new hashtag. There
1: we yeah, are. keep the, there. We go. Keep the tasting menu. <laughs> Agreed. It doesn't have to be, you know, an expensive one. It's just we we do appreciate that little journey. Yeah. That we that we wouldn't necessarily go on when you're ordering, you know, a three course. It's just it, it is, and especially somebody, you know, for somebody like your wife, classic example. If she wouldn't necessarily order sweetbreads, but if it's coming as part of the journey. The chef has been entrusted with your palate, and he's taking it on a journey, on a little adventure. And if you know a little bit of sweet bread is part of that adventure, then it is good to, you know, to to indulge yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Keep
1: keep the tasting menu. That's it. That'll yeah. be on the next Instagram for sure.
0: Very good. <laughs> it started here. Another idea.
1: Idea. <laughs> oh <laughs> like a yeah. <laughs> no. uh,
0: Right. Plates. Let's talk about plates. Oh. Because oh, let me tell you yeah, something, it's... if uh, if I was left to my own devices, I'd have uh, the third bedroom in my house would just be yeah. a storage room for plates.
1: Absolutely agreed. Unfortunately for my partner, we do have quite a lot of plates here. <laughs> uh, can we not put them there? I go, no, 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 because I might use them. I might get it out for a shoot.
0: So do you take your own to, to shoots or, or do you rely on the chef to...
1: Sometimes. I mean, I'm lucky enough, London London Kitchen Social, we do that in the Bunzel Lockhart Development Centre in London. So they have an incredible range of plates. Yeah. So I don't need to take any there. Sometimes my friend who does bespoke plates, Baron von Bowen, sometimes he pops in with his bespoke porcelain and they're beautiful plates. And in Manchester, I have a guy called Andy Flack from Crosby's. He comes along and brings a load of plates and they do a range, which is a range is quite nice because if the chefs come along and they've got a dish, it would be nice for them to have a look at different choices. You know, yeah. Churchill's good. De is some of my favourite. Rack is some of my favourite, you know, and it's nice for the chef to have that. I love being able to offer that to the chef. You know, you, they've gone through the, the effort of creating the dish. I bought them a plate that they can, they can choose from. So it's quite nice because travelling, I mean, I have enough gear to take, you know, on the train. With all my tripods and things like that to set up the lighting, uh, so for me to take plates, I'd probably unfortunately end up breaking a couple because I'm quite clumsy. Um, so it's quite nice to have people with the plates there in different in the different cities, uh, and and it, it works. It's nice off for the chefs that opportunity with lots of different lovely plates. But I do have a fair amount. I worked with Rack quite closely a couple of years ago, and they just kept sending me every time they brought out something, they'd just send me a box of you know twenty, right. Um, And I've I've still got pretty much all of them. And there was one time where I did a live event and they were sponsoring it. So they sent me 60 of one of their nicer plates, the sketches range. And so the doorbell rang. So I go downstairs and there's a pallet, a pallet. Um, So obviously what's that? Maybe, you know, a foot and a half by a foot and a half cube. And the guy's just like, oh, can you sign please? I'm like, what's this? And I said, um. OK, you know, um, it's only chance you can help me move a bit close to the door. And he just kind of went, nah, I'm off, love. Uh, <laughs> thanks, mate. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Obviously, I muttered something rude under my breath. Um, and then continued to, to line all these beautiful boxes of plates up my stairwell. And then when, obviously, my, my partner kind of came back, he was like, "What? what's going on here? I mean, luckily, I think, I think a couple got broke. And I think we're down to about 50 of them now. But they are beautiful. So I do have... I mean, oh God, I've got a lot of plates, Phil. I've got a yeah. lot of plates. When I do my clear-out, if there's anything I think you'll like, uh, I'll put your name on them. And oh, here's them. a little secret. I'll like them all. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because I, there's
0: also... I mean, I'm a, uh, I'm definitely... You know, I was never born to be a chef, but I do love to, to cook in my own kitchen for you know four to six people. Oh, nice. And a lot of the time... I buy a lot of what I classify as elite cookbooks. So, you know, like Daniel's cookbook. I've I've got mm-hmm. that as an example. Yeah. And you know, you look at the pictures in these and you just go, "Yeah, I'm going to produce that." And then you realize, <laughs> "Oh, I've just got a crappy little Villeroy and Bosch plate." Nothing wrong with it. It's perfect for day-to-day use. But in terms of the visual aesthetic that I'm trying to achieve with the dish, yeah, it just doesn't work. I feel like I I just prefer to just serve it on a plank of wood you know kind of scenario well, that's Hopefully. a bit extreme but um <laughs> but you know I, I mean I say that like it's a major part of my life but I maybe do what, six of these dinners a year so
1: <laughs> that's enough that sounds like enough though sounds like a nice little event get some wine in yeah, yeah it sounds good I, I just like I said I, I'm not not a great cook I just one, I can stick it all in one pot, like the curries and things like that. I'm I'm okay with, but apart from that, I can't do a Sunday roast unless you can stick it in a pot, all, all in one thing. Because I just, I'll be like, well, what if that's not ready before then? What if that's ready before then? It's not a relaxed feeling for me. Right. And then obviously, you know, I'll have a glass of red while I'm doing this. And then next minute, you know. It just sends I'm, the
0: timing off It sends further. the
1: timing off even further. It's not. Yep. Yeah. So I just, I try and keep it really, really simple. Yeah, just
0: Yes, alcohol works to relax to a point I remember I I actually put together I was uh, hosting a mate who was coming to stay for the weekend While our respective wives went away for a a ladies weekend Uh And I said, well, let me go to town a little bit on dinner then And I'll prepare a a little tasting menu And I wanted to try a a rabbit tortellini Mm -hmm, mm. I'd never done it before got the the mixture perfectly but you'll know with pasta that you've kind of got to try and leave that to the last possible minute right so that it's not drying out and the like if you've not got space to store it properly in the meantime we went away to the pub and watched <laughs> a game and a half of football stuffed about maybe five or six pints of beer down our throat and then I went back and well let's say the timing of the the menu went some, a little bit somewhat a little off. bit array. ray i think i served the last course at, at like 1 in the morning <laughs> it was just it was all over the place i definitely learned a valuable lesson that day
1: well that's see that's not bad that's not a bad that's that's another sign that we are a little bit more mature now phil you know you see in the evenings that's what we'd rather do it's okay to go to the pub beforehand but if we want to be eating dinner at half past one in the morning after a skinfold it's okay yeah. we're okay yeah. we're allowed <laughs> yep, absolutely <laughs> no 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 uh no Tasting menu cooking for me i'll uh, i'll leave it to the professionals for sure
0: it's a bit of a sanctuary for me i'd quite happily if we're entertaining people on a saturday night i'll happily get up at eight, eight o'clock in the morning and just get on with it and the feeling of you know the well the hopefully the enjoyment yeah. that i get from you know the fact that it, it's taken me three hours to to create your starter but it's taken you five minutes to destroy to it
1: devour it <laughs>
0: that i kind of get a little bit of a buzz out of that
1: see i wish i got that i wish i i wish i had that for you that must be really nice actually to just to be there all day and to know that you're creating something that somebody's going to enjoy yeah that's it that's really cool see i just thought you were just recruitment by day podcast wizard by night and now there's a little bit of chef thrown in
0: podcast wizard
1: I don't know where that Hashtag came from. That's awesome. Another one. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> podcast Wizard. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where that came well, from. But I like it.
0: I've written it down already.
1: That's it. Podcast Wizard. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, wow, the podcast wizard. Yeah. Anyway, I digress now. <laughs> yes.
0: I don't know how many times we've done that. Uh, that's that's probably why we're now <laughs> an hour and thirty minutes into the chat. <laughs> brilliant one more question before i let you yes. get on your merry way i actually did ask this yesterday i don't know if it got asked because i actually uh, i had to run away before the end but it was whose food would you love to shoot that you currently don't
1: i'd I, i'd love to go to the cellar oh really i'd love to get out there and Mugaritz was incredible as well so it would be places that i've kind of almost touched do you know what I mean like uh, yeah. almost the whisper's breath away and then this fleeting moment it was over I'd love to just sit in a corner a couple of years ago when I thought I was being a big grown-up I took myself to Rome on my own I don't know why I did it I thought it was something that everybody had to do oh travel on your own it'll be amazing they said yeah. and so I booked myself in for a night in a place called Glass Hosteria and I just bought a new lens and it was nine courses. It was 90 pounds or 90 euros then, And I just sat on my own and I photographed every dish with my new fancy lens. And I absolutely loved that. Right. I loved it. You do kind of miss, you know, asking people about, oh, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? But for me, that was amazing. So if I could go somewhere, if I could go back to Mugaritz or to Silicon Rocker, that would be amazing. Just, but I would want to take somebody with me to so experience it and be well, like, something that amazing. Isn't it? With it's...
0: these places, they are an experience.
1: It's an, yeah.
0: I was talking to a, another chef, Vitelio Reyes, who just opened Amazonical in Mayfair just before Christmas last year. Mm. I went to talk to him about recruitment, and we ended up talking about food for probably 95% of the the conversation amazing and he was saying that he was lucky enough to get an invite to go there once upon a time to El Silla to can Roca. and he said it and this was coming from a chef he said it was the only place that he's ever been to where he's felt that the wine experience matched that of the food mm-hmm. and so as if I didn't need any more excuse oh. to go I was like oh goodness but I have to say, we had an amazing wine experience because I, I went to the Fat Duck as well, just to drop yeah. that in there. <laughs> and um, there, there were some really, really obscure wine choices that, on their own, you'd go, "Well, that's what? a bit weird." But with the food, it was it amazing. Would just but, come alive, and I think you'd go, we
1: did the. Um, is it called like the mystery? It's like a mystery flight. It wasn't all wine. Oh, okay. Now they did. They put in a couple of cocktails, and I, I love sake. I mean, I really love sake. Yeah. I just think it's one of the best drinks ever, and the buzz from sake after a couple of sakis is phenomenal. Um, and I think <laughs> there was a couple of sakis in there and a couple of cocktails, and that. So probably similar to your wine flight there, you're bouncing the the the, the, the kind of the liquid and the, and the solid together, and it's just yeah, it yeah, it it was it was very very very. Phenomenal. But you're right. And, it's
0: it's a conversation you need to have with somebody while you're there yeah and so you you know, I was I was there with my wife and you know we end up we're there for four and a half hours Yeah, just enjoying you know every mouthful is a discussion you know of the wine of the food you know the the visual aesthetic yeah. that comes out in front the sound. of you did you get yeah. the, 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 yeah, yeah. The, the, the sound, yeah, the of sea sound sea.
1: thingy yeah yeah, it is it is it is you know I, I know there's something to be said for solo eating but I think when you do go for the you know the hashtag bring, keep keep the tasting menu when you go for that experience you <laughs> do want to be with somebody and somebody that you like as well because you wouldn't want to be in a situation with somebody that you thought was a bit of a you know you you, yes. you, you wouldn't want that that would just be really uncomfortable so yeah I would I would like to I'd like to go back to and, and photograph there that would just that the whole experience there is is, is amazing Weird and wonderful at the same time.
0: Yeah, I, well, Muggeritz is also on my list. It, it's funny; the list gets longer but never shorter.
1: <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. It's allowed. For yeah,
0: me. and every time you know, you just watch another uh, episode of Chef's Table, Chef's uh, Table, or, or, or <laughs> yeah. Master Chef when they send you know the the oh, people off yeah. to somewhere, and you go, "Oh, I'd heard of that," and then See, oh, I want to go yeah, and eat there like, now.
1: The, the Frog in Covent Garden as well. They did, but they do very good wine pairing. Yeah as well that that that's quite a nice little little journey too with their tasting menu i
0: only did has a original in shoreditch it did a really really excellent tasting menu for not a lot of money it's a very mm. accessible tasting menu but you could also match it with beer yeah if you wanted i didn't because i I'd prefer to to match with wine but yeah i thought that's a really cool idea because you know, there's a, a mountain of excellent work going on in craft beer development
1: uh, why not yeah.
0: Right. I mean it's yep. and if you look at the, well, it, the beer culture it
1: was and snazzy around there as well, isn't it? So it was quite good. There a lot probably a lot more. Yeah. It was a young it was a younger crowd. I'm not saying we're old, Phil, but you know it was it's a uh, younger we're on the cusp. crowd. cusp. Um, <laughs> they were just a bit wiser. That's a bit right. wiser. Yes. That's right. So yeah, that would be Fog Hoxton was a yeah it was yeah because it was E one originally right at the beginning yeah which was an amazing experience
0: yeah it was like going into a shed yes as I remember yeah and the pass was really makeshift looking like they would just had a spare table going somewhere and just thought <laughs> that's the pass but I even I loved the fact I mean Adam Handling was was front and center on the pass that night and I love to see somebody take that much interest which is obviously easier when you've got one restaurant yeah as you get more it must obviously becomes a lot more difficult but it's it's part of the experience for me to know that you're in safe hands
1: agreed when you walk in and you see the named chef there you know they're putting their pride into it they're they're putting that's their heart and soul that's their baby yeah and and for them to be there and to be making sure that you're getting the best experience there i think that there's something there is something quite special about that
0: absolutely excellent Amazing. Well I oh, think, that's
1: gone really quickly.
0: It's only uh, yeah, we've only been talking for about three days. So uh, <laughs> it's been brilliant. I feel like we could probably talk for an awful lot longer yet, but I I, I feel like maybe our listeners' ears are bleeding a little bit now. So
1: <laughs> Exactly. We don't want to bore people anymore.
0: No, indeed. But um no.
1: I can always come back in ten years, you see, and then I'll have done loads more stuff and yeah. we all have done more stuff and then we can it's like part two for sure it's
0: done consider it there you go so and i'll
1: see you anyway at um, at my next london kitchen social
0: yes i cannot wait for that that would be that would be
1: wonderful you're very welcome it would be a pleasure to have you
0: fabulous well thank you very much for for being a guest on the show today it's been a real pleasure for me anyway to chat
1: yeah i've Uh, really enjoyed it thank you so much for having me it was it has it's gone really quickly i've really thoroughly enjoyed it i hope i didn't waffle on too much Uh, thank you very much you're
0: very welcome brilliant well we'll see you again soon thanks a lot phil take care
1: bye 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 bye
0: and there we have it an energetic chat told with some great stories and bags of passion from Magella. also a fascinating insight into what happens when you combine two spaghetti brains carnage don't forget we're launching an episode each night this week so hit that subscribe button and give us a like and a share where you can thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow